Three, two, Prepare one. For lights. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Holocron Hoopla. Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of a galaxy far, far away. Oh, it's not that far anymore it. because we're close. It's canon. It's canon. <laughs> you know, I would think it would have been far, far, far away, but I guess we, we can hit it with the double. Hey, yeah. man. The OG. We're there. Yeah. We're there. We're here. We're everywhere. And we're going to talk about it. Back again this week talking about Ahsoka. We're here for episode six, titled Far, Far Away. So many exciting things to discuss. Thank goodness I'm here as always with the wonderful members of the Hoopla Hoopla, starting, of course, with the lore master, the Jedi historian, Andy Smith. Jamie, Andy Smith here, uh, connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars. Let's just say we finally got our two favorite characters in this episode, the turtle man <laughs> and that howler mount. I, that good boy. I'm getting what a howler tattoo tonight. Give him, I, I just want just wanted to give him a little scratches. <laughs> just scratches right under the right chin Right on that there. little crocodile mouth. I love mouth. that little howler boy. So cute. Right. <laughs> yeah, so cute. Almost as cute. He just wants cuddles. As everybody's favorite droid, Chris Pio. C3PIO here. Not a lot of droid action in this episode, uh, which was okay with me because, you know, I'm the one and only around. Uh, definitely excited to be talking about Thrawn. Spoilers for the episode ahead. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about here, and uh, really, mostly, it's just Thrawn being Thrawn. And that's okay. That's what we've been that's wanting. That's all we wanted. That's <laughs> what we wanted. We finally that's all we asked for. <laughs> so definitely looking forward to it. Our fearless leader, where have you gone? Speaking of howlers, no, my dog was uh, barking. Um, for those of you who have listened to the Hoopla podcast before, you know that there's usually four members of the Hoopla Croopla here every single week. But unfortunately, last week, Jake Laxer made a promise, a vow, that if the first uh, shot of this episode oh. was not of Thrawn and Ezra in the past, then he was going to leave the podcast for good. And Jakey Boy's nothing, if not a man of his word. So today in the episode, we just have the three of us here in the studio and in place of Jake Laxer. It's just a big old rock. Oh, wait, is that rock moving? Is there what? a creature coming out from underneath the rock? Oh my God, it's Jake Nutty? Laxer from under the rock. <laughs> With a little outfit on. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm, I'm going to hide back under my rock. Bye-bye. Take care of that. <laughs> and he's oh, gone again. <laughs> a whole episode where we don't have to hear about the bionic Canaan theory. This is going to be a banger. Why'd you say that word? <laughs> well, now that you brought it up, <laughs> we unshell myself. <laughs> no. Jake Lacter here, lover of all things TV and movies. I will be in and out of this episode. I, I, I truly cannot step away. Hoopla is too good of a time. So we're hooping, we're hopping, and we're dropping right on into this episode. We sure are. So don't you go under those rocks out there, listeners. Stay with us here, and uh, you can find us on all the social medias if you want to stay up to date with everything going on in the world of the Hoopla. Chris, where can they find us? If you haven't been living under a rock, you can find us online and engaged on X, <laughs> Instagram, and TikTok. Definitely follow us there for some behind-the-scenes content, as well as little clips from the show. 
Uh, we definitely want to engage with you. Two episodes left in Ahsoka, so we are certainly looking forward to the finale. Let us know what your takes are. Get online with us. Engage. We're on, always talking about uh, what's next, what's to come, what we liked, what we didn't, and mostly we're talking about the uh, uh, bionic Kanan theory in detail. So definitely follow us at Hoopla Podcasts uh, on X, Instagram, and TikTok. Ooh, and uh, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm wearing a lovely little cozy, comfy Hoopla oh, Podcast sweatshirt, you. which oh, you guys wow. can get yourselves one of at our fancy little store. Andy, where's that? Hey, take a look at hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site. Get a Hoopla Podcast for nerds, for nerds shirt with your official logo that you see on the on the thumbnail there, as well as any of our Holocron Hoopla or uh, Lord of the Rings gear as well. Take a look. Help help the pod. Uh, and it's it's fall now. Get a sweatshirt. Get a hoodie. It's officially Stay cozy. sweater weather. Stay this cozy, people. And listen to some podcasts. Yes. And you can also help the show uh, simply by just leaving us a comment, a review, a five-star rating. It would help boost the show up in all those algorithms, however that works. Tell your friends about us and just get as many of your wonderful nerdy friends out here joining the hoopla. We'd love to have you. And without any further ado, let's dive into this episode to discuss episode six of Ahsoka Far, Far Away, right after this quick break. And we're back! It's Ezra! Oh my oh, goodness! Ezra! <laughs> <laughs> we finally did it! After so many weeks of uh, anticipation for Ezra... For Thrawn, Thrawn to finally Thrawn. show up, Thrawn. Chris Pyo Thrawn. Thrawn. last week. Thrawn, Thrawn, okay, Thrawn, oh, yeah, Thrawn, 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 Thrawn. No one's chanting with me. Come on, that was one of the coolest scenes I, in Star Wars. No, I mean that, that was pretty incredible. <laughs> but you were just you were really going for it, and I didn't. It was almost a ritual as you were. Yeah, doing I it. didn't want to interrupt. You've been preparing for so many episodes, and finally. Theron made his appearance, and did they build up and satisfy us immediately? I think so. Absolutely. I blew my mind when I... Um, wait, <laughs> run that back. I'm going to keep this you PG. My, my mind, mind was, was blue. Bloon? <laughs> wait. Uh, <laughs> I blew myself. What an introduction <laughs> we'll for a character. PG. Jamie, where were you going with that line of questioning before I started chanting? Because... I feel like you have some pretty good questioning now finally seeing Thrawn for the first time after we've been talking about him for six episodes and all of Clone Wars and, and some of Rebels. So, Well, my question was just simply going to ask you, are you finally satisfied? Because last week it was your biggest gripe of the whole season that we didn't see Thrawn last episode. And boom, here he is. Have you rescinded your gripe or do you still wish he showed up last week? I still think it would have been cool for him to show up in, you know, a very, very, very late scene or possibly even like a post-credits kind of teaser. But I, I rescind my overall comments in the general sense because, boy, was I satisfied with the way that Thrawn was introduced. This is, this is the most villainous introduction that we've seen in Star Wars in a long time. And, and we were just talking a couple episodes ago about Balin Skull and how he is an excellent villain because he's not necessarily pure evil. He just has a goal and he'll do anything to get to that goal. Thrawn, this is a different vibe. Even if you have never seen a Thrawn in animation or read any of the uh, Timothy Zahn Thrawn books, 
this is something where you can already tell this guy's a baddie and he's going to cause problems no matter which galaxy he's in. It's a bad time to oppose me or whatever oh, he what said his first line yeah, was. The, it, it was mm. incredible. What was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those who may oppose us. Oh my God. What? What an entrance as he's walking through, similar to Vader and and Palpatine walking through, inspecting the stormtroopers. Just he is the embodiment of the remnants of the Empire, right? And with mm. the chanting that that Chris, we should just take and put all throughout this episode, the Thrawn, yes. Thrawn, yeah. <laughs> I, that was just incredible. Uh, and the music behind it, and then seeing him go, just walk up with that first line. Oh, that was that was something. Yeah, liked how Captain Phasma got an upgrade. Yeah. I like how Thrawn is like <laughs> yeah. a smurf. Yeah. Samurai, sort of, samurai yeah. Phasma. Yeah, Samurai Phasma. We got stoned smurf-looking Elon Musk in Thrawn. <laughs> what? Uh, are you coming yeah, at this negatively, that? Jake? Are you? Are you? No, it's it's comical. It's it's oh, it's satirical. Okay, sure. Okay. sure. I thought he uh, looked. But- amazing you i thought the incredible. makeup team the guys the guy's blue i mean what else could you want <laughs> maybe he's sad he's been shredded there for so long <laughs> no we all know that thrawn's actually blue that's just the species <laughs> yeah great overarching and en- uh entrance there you can just tense to tell he has such a, a grander presence um and that the torch has sort of been passed in terms of who's the antagonist now in this show. Uh, and I loved seeing the the broken down Star Destroyer and how they yeah. revamped all of the different Stormtrooper yes. outfits. It just looks so uh, chaotic in a sense, but otherworldly, I guess you could say. Yeah, you can really tell. Uh, and, and you can tell that they've been there for nine years stranded while still maintaining like their orderly imperial imperial that's the word their orderly Mm -hmm. imperial uh demeanor while their Mm -hmm. outfits are disintegrating on their bodies and having to be rebuilt kintsugi style for the gold face boy um enoch i believe was his name uh it's very interesting to see this uh battalion after nine years of exile they're still ready to go. They're still ready to take over the fucking galaxy. <laughs> and almost, and they're almost at this point, right? You you didn't you didn't often see stormtroopers like idolize and enchant a name of a leader, but that kind of just immediately that with all the like organ electronic music in the background yes. really pumped up that scene with <laughs> like he's it's almost. It seems to me like they're almost a zealot cult for Thrawn in this right. moment, and and they're you know talking about their the stormtrooper outfits. They're almost patched up with all these red, uh, you know, cloths from presumably the Night Sisters, like the witches. So there's like this. Uh, they're not just regular stormtroopers anymore. They're something right. more, and I'm so excited to see them in action. Yeah, there's definitely more dark magic here at play. Um, True. I was also sort of getting that culty vibe you're you're yeah. tossing down there, Andy. I felt I kind of got like a red skull sort of. Hail Hydra vibe with the yeah, Thrawn, yeah. Thrawn, Thrawn. Um, but you know, a a, grand, a a good presence there again. Yeah, I I think definitely culty. But on the other side of it, Thrawn is known throughout you know, the original galaxy as this enigmatic and decisive leader. And I think mm-hmm. this is a, a a melting pot of of yes, the cultiness. Yes, sort of kind of a Stockholm syndrome. What else are we gonna do? for nine years but at the same time 
you know, this is a whole other galaxy. I'm sure some people, some stormtroopers broke away, got away, and figured something else out for themselves, but a lot of them stayed forth Thrawn. This is, this is a guy that they will follow no matter what he's trying to do. So they, they displayed that perfectly, and throughout the introduction, uh, it's just so, so cool. To, to that point, Chris, we saw in The Mandalorian, at the, towards the end of the season, all of these little remnants of the Empire left. Yeah. And they mentioned, they mentioned uh, one of them mentioned Thrawn, and just at that, that the na- his name... Yes. They, there was almost a cowering, even though he hasn't been around in nine years, right? Like that's, that's, he was, mm. you know, at least in, in, in the store, the canon, uh, really the third behind Darth Vader to the Emperor. Like that's how formidable this tactician is. Totally agree. Yeah, he, he's a threat no matter where he is or who's behind him. You compare it to the Inquisitors who are kind of not not exactly purposeless because their purpose is to eliminate all Jedi that made it out of the purge. But this is they're, they're, they're just kind of evil guys following some even more evil and and somewhat scrapped together Imperials. The Inquisitors are hunting Jedi because that's all they know. These stormtroopers are hunting Thrawn because, or are, are following Thrawn because Thrawn has a purpose and they have made him believe that. And mm-hmm. they did that through costume. They did that through the chanting, the sound design. That organ music was just so cool. Do you want to get cool. your, and, and Andy, you want to get your Kevin I, Kiner shout out out of the way I, right I mean, already? We, we, got, we got to get the Kevin Kiner <laughs> shout out out of the way. I, we already mentioned the, the organ just entrance there with his theme in the background, oh distorted a little bit. And oh mm. my goodness. Once again, he's back, y'all. Kevin Kiner, <laughs> put him on the next movie. Put him in Heir to the Empire, Heir to John Williams. All right, it's out of the way. I'm not going to say it one Star more time. Star Wars I might, say it one more, I might say it one more time later. And as I say, George here, Star Wars rhymes. And speaking of Star Wars rhyming, we get a direct reference to Star Wars and its rhyming nature from the previous big bad guy of the season, Balin Skull, in his conversation with Hottie. Yes. Um, as he is discussing what his desires are, um, he talks about how the cycle repeats. The Jedi come to power, the Empire comes to power, the Jedi come to power, the Empire comes to power, and the cycle just continues over and over and over. And he wants to break the wheel. He wants to (laughs) find a new beginning. (laughs) And so what I was thinking about watching this episode was that, does he want to just stay in this galaxy? Does he want to take over this new galaxy for himself and ignore all of the bullshit that's been going on in the other galaxy? Or does he want to do something, find something here in this galaxy and bring it back? What's his plan? Yeah, I was... I was thinking that he was trying to use Thrawn as a means to change the other galaxy. But I feel like he's Thrawn is just continuing the cycle, right? Well, so and that's what he states, right? He said to to Shin, you know, we finally we can have uh, Thrawn on our side. And he says that power is fleeting. We're trying to do something more. Mm-hmm. And later in the episode, he talks about something calling to him. Can And I'm going to spoil it. It 
I might have my final quote of the day might be a Balin quote because it's always a Balin quote. He's incredible, but something's calling to him. And and it's also symbolized by Thrawn trying to get out of here. It's not just because Thrawn is just trying to leave this galaxy. He's been stranded in for nine years. He's fearful of something. The the Night Sisters are fearful of something and they're trying to leave. So the question is, you know, what is Balin going towards? We mm. don't know. There's a lot of potential options, but I, I'm i interested to see where that's... That might be my most anticipated storyline is figuring out what is calling to Balin's skull. By the way... I we've we mentioned it earlier the season. Ray Stevenson, mm. rest in peace. He is just an incredible mm. actor, and what what a loss from for for Hollywood. Like those his scenes, every single episode are just incredible. Ivana Sakno mm-hmm. too, not to be overshadowed. Yes, they're they're so good yeah. together. That that is such a good like master apprentice apprentice relationship. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. Uh, I do find it funny how once as soon as we meet Thrawn, that uh, our new mercenary friends are somewhat humanized in the sense that they are now kind of on the run in a way. Mm. Uh, Thrawn is not too keen on on keeping them around, regardless of how useful they may be. So. I am kind of hoping that Balin finds something on this new world and and gets away from it all, I guess. He has been... He's a fallen Jedi. We know this. He was tricked and deceived, and everyone knows that. That's the dramatic irony of the whole Jedi purge. But he is searching for something greater. So he's he's not one of those Inquisitors that hunts Jedi. He's not one of the Jedi that just goes into hiding and does nothing. He's doing something, whether that is evil or not. So I'm I'm curious as well, Andy. I, I do you think it's more of a actual thing, an actual maybe power or or mysticism, or do you think it's more of just a, a metaphorical thing? I think it's an entity. I think an oh. entity is calling to him. Is it the Bendu? And- Okay, that's actually, I saw that on Twitter, that there is a, some people think it could be the Bendu. That's a kind of outlandish theory to me. I I feel like that would be so absurd if they brought that in. (laughs) Please explain what the Bendu is. Now now our listeners need to know. I don't know if you really can. It's a light and dark side, almost neutral entity that gave our heroes and villains some direction in the end of Rebels season three or so for for our uh for our hobbit hoopla fans out there he's kind of like maybe like a radagast character uh that also a giant a giant giant yeah yeah that that would make sense i would love to see him in live action actually that would just be uh, (laughs) i am the bendu i am neither light nor dark some people think you know once again i i bring it's it's just all these i the mortis gods were brought up maybe true, something true. from that oh. side is being called to him did um, did you guys get the was there a mortis reference when we saw the statues landing on this planet in this episode because i was kind of getting that vibe because at any angle it seemed like there were only three specific statues when did you see the faces I, they definitely looked like that i thought of them more as the actual like the the night sisters like the three sure. witches is what sure, I sure, kind of sure. took him as, but that mm, you know dope. that's in threes as well. Um, another uh, theory that I heard: um, there is another force from outside the galaxy that his people, the Chiss, are afraid of, and they've talked about it a lot in the Thrawn books. 
Um, and it's called the, the people's name are the Grisk. And he made an alliance initially with the Empire to make sure that the galaxy was ready for an eventual attack from this other force. And I think that mm. would be a really interesting way to make, say, the a turn. You know, maybe you, you build up Thrawn right. as this bad. You fight off with him in, you know, at the end of the season, maybe he gets back to the galaxy you have to fight him but then you have to band together with him to fend off another force i feel like that would be a really spectacular epic type of movie that would be uh, interesting so we'll, we'll yeah. see there's a lot of different turns that this can make but balin i think that is the storyline to watch over the next two episodes yeah i'm definitely excited to see that and yeah i mean that would be interesting to see if we maybe team up with uh thrawn or if not team up but just like ally with him in some vague sense um but from his introduction, he is just straight up pure evil, not even pretending not to be evil. In his conversation with Sabine, he says, you gambled the fate of the galaxy for this, which is just, <laughs> yeah. he's just admitting that he's a bad guy. He's not even yeah. like, usually you have a bad guy who's like, they believe they're doing what's right and what's good. And if that was the case, he would say something to Sabine like, you made the right choice coming here. The galaxy will thank you for your sacrifice or something right. like that. Yeah. But instead That's he's like, true. hey, mm. you're dumb. I'm about to fuck <laughs> shit up. Let's go. <laughs> you are so dumb that I'm going to honor the promise you made. Yeah. And maybe they maybe they won't mm. add the whole, oh, I'm just trying to fend us off against another force. And instead they go directly into I'm trying to kill half of the universe <laughs> Thanos style. And that would be oh, the, uh, the other force movie is the Eternals. The yeah. Eternals, <laughs> the Celestial come in. Yes. And that's the force that Valen's gravita gravitating towards. That's the new galaxy that half. we're in. We're in the MCU <laughs> yeah, now. Phase, phase five and a half. And in the back of my mind, I was like, like if we go out of hyperspace and we show up and we're in the Milky Way galaxy, I'm going to lose it. That'd oh be God. incredible. And he just shows up in New York City. Uh, we do have to discuss a very huge moment for Sabine in this episode when she's first introduced to the Night Sisters. One of them says, it reeks of Jedi, which is huge because Sabine is barely a Jedi. We've had Hu Yang telling her this whole time that she sucks at being a Jedi. <laughs> and now and she, does. she goes to this new and galaxy does. and she apparently smells of Jedi even worse than Balin's skull did. Um, unless he's masking it somehow. Um, I thought maybe he was masking but it. But is there some sort of new force in this new galaxy? A new aura? A new presence of the force that is uh, allowing Sabine to maybe capture her inner Jedi. I mean, we did discuss how Balin and Haiti's lightsabers weren't fully red. Thus, maybe the Jedi comment wasn't just referring to Sabine. Bada bing, bada boom. It was, though. Yeah, I think, uh, Jake, I like where you're going. I, I think it was the comment was directed at her 100%. However, I do think that presence was influenced by, or that that feeling was influenced by the other two. Maybe. I wonder that. Uh, there's a, a scene a little bit later, though, when the party isn't being introduced to Thrawn. Um, yeah. Balin pipes up and says, I brought Sabine here. I brought the prisoner. Thrawn asks, who are you? And then he introduces himself with his real name, which is a bit bold, considering th the last thing Thrawn knows is that Jedi are still around and... and you know, causing exact opposition to him. He introduces himself with his full name and then Thrawn knows him as 
general Balin skull. So mm-hmm. the Night Sisters probably would have said that he reeks of Jedi as well. He was a general in the Clone Wars. I mean, that, that is a huge thing. There aren't, there aren't many generals out there. You yourself, Jake, are a captain. Uh, you didn't fight in the Clone Wars. but <laughs> One of these uh, days you, you can be a general. Thank you, thank you for your service. Uh, let's be, let's be honest. They, they make every 13-year-old in the Jedi Order a commander of like battalions of clone yeah. troops. So I, that's I don't true. Know. But yes, that's that's true. They did. In, in that was almost a surprising moment. experience. Outright rank, whatever, whatever he says. I forget. Uh, yeah, that's, cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't know. I, I think Sabine. They are kind of weaving fate. They're definitely supposed to be kind of the. The three mothers, uh, you know, the, the the threads of time and, and all that jazz. And uh, they can sense Ahsoka, a Jedi, coming from light years away, literal light years. So I think their radar is pretty accurate when they're talking about Sabine, uh, which just emphasizes the point that you're trying to make, Jamie, is like, this is kind of new. She's the worst Jedi we've ever seen. So mm-hmm. for now, you know what? And that kind of gives the the next scene then is just perfect. Yeah. Because once again, they do not they, they do not give her the easy way to connect into the force. And instead they trick the audience by the Chimera Star Destroyer going over the over the temple and, and it starts to shake. Mm-hmm. That's just I love that bit. It's it wasn't just used twice. It's been used like three to four times. And it's just, uh, that's perfect for her character. And eventually it's going to happen. I agree. Presumably. And Mm. maybe because of this, it's going to be more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were saying earlier in this season, I was specifically saying that I hope that she never gets Force Jedi powers. Um, But now if we introduce this new sort of entity that andy's talking about this new something there's i don't know enough about it but there's some new mysticism going on in this galaxy and if that is the reason that sabine is able to control her jedi powers then i'm all for her becoming a super powerful jedi over the course of the next two episodes i a theory just popped into into my head theory theory music okay so Balin is in pursuit of a new order, shall we say? Whoa. Is it possible that his exploration in this distant mysticism of the Night Sisters could lead to his disfigurement as Supreme Leader Snoke? Whoa. Is that the third person Whoa. you've guessed is Snoke? I'm shook. I'm I he makes this theory every time. And this is the first time I believed him. <laughs> that, that's wow, not this bad. is this is that's not bad. That's just incredible. I I mean walk us through it, Jake. I I mean there's not much more to we walk don't know through. enough about Snoke to walk through. <laughs> I, I, yeah, 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 we don't know anything about Snoke. We hardly know anything about Balin, but they could connect. That's where my theory's standing on. I but love it. I do think I do think his pursuits could lead to something interesting. <laughs> and he talks about, you know, new opportunity. So, yeah, you're right. Honestly, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, this is, I don't just it. because I love Balin so much. I'm intrigued, but they really don't need to do that. That's just <laughs> that's just just uh, what I would say. Oh, wait, shit. I lost. That's it. kind of a that's kind of a freebie theory guess to be honest i I like it i could run with it okay Okay. it's i don't know it's just as free as saying something like donkey kong could talk all along and it just you know until it happens it doesn't mean anything like i don't know that was a bad example if you see the mario movie theory confirmed true 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 yeah Uh, but you were going what were you gonna say andy 
Oh, no, I lost it. We will oh, never so know. His thoughts yeah. have gone to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> oh, well, well, you said that. I know you said the, uh, the title, and I know we all know Far, Far Away. We I love the, the beginning. St- the, the very beginning. I love the story plot device here. Uh, you know, we get a little bit of banter between Hu Yang and Ahsoka, which is great. Ahsoka is in this episode, which, you know, I that's fine with me, however much. I think we. it's important to not forget about her, but to have Ahsoka in the episode is also important. I love their little interaction where she was like, don't you have all those stories still? And she didn't want to hear one. And then things got heavy. And she was like, how about you go ahead and uh, let's let's put this on autopilot and go ahead and tell me a story. And then he says the the line. Oh, my God. He says the line. It was so great. I I love the fact that they uh, they he said the word fear and that immediately shut her down. She was like, "Okay, I get it. You're giving me another lesson kind of pushed off. And then, yeah then tell us the story and then use the the line the first time we've actually heard that in the full line in star wars and i think i immediately when i heard it i i thought this is going to be incredibly divisive but honestly i haven't heard much backlash on twitter that just seems like one of the lines that's like oh come on do you have to say that but it kind of makes sense they are truly going to another galaxy exactly yeah, and it's not just kind of a drop. And then they made it the episode name of Far, Far Away. Like that, you don't have many opportunities to do this. So I, I thought. That so was my funny. first thought was that this was dude. the first opportunity that there's ever been in all of Star Wars to actually say that line because they were physically far, far away from their mm. galaxy. So, mm. but then I was thinking. Is Hu Yang telling a story about the original galaxy, or is he telling a story about a different galaxy? Like, oh. is would the story be from a galaxy far, far away from the Jedi's perspective always? Or is he just talking about their initial galaxy now that they are far, far away? I don't know. You guys tell me. Where? What's he talking about? Uh, that's great. That's great wordplay. Uh, I, I really don't know. That's a great point. I mean... From my understanding, you know, this other galaxy, they know of it. We know it predates the Jedi because the Jedi are approximately 25,000 years old. The dawn of the Jedi is around that time. And this other place that we get to is so much older, like, and it feels mm. ancient. Mm-hmm. And so I want in, you know, even uh, uh, Morgan Elsbeth says, you know, we rode the 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 Dathomiri were the first to ride uh, the space so whales, cool. and that's how we had intergalactic travel. So did the Night Sisters? were they the first, like, did they connect with the Jedi in our current galaxy? Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't really know, but it's definitely older than them. Yeah, I agree. I, the far, far away thing is great. Hu Yang saying it is great. I want to bring up a clip that I saw today. Andrew, you and I were at Star Wars Celebration, watching Dave Filoni be interviewed, and someone asks him where Thrawn is, and he says, on stage, far, far away. Which not only is the name of the episode, but ends up being where Thrawn actually is. So I'm curious if Dave knew all the way back then that this is how it was going to play out. And if I know Dave Filoni and what goes on inside that cowboy hat... I'm thinking he knew all oh. along. Oh, you know he just oh, shot man. that episode. It must have been, yeah. Had it, he had it in right his mind. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, from the context of Hu Yang, I think it would make sense that they would be referring to a galaxy that was not that of the Jedi. True. That was, that was a good, good take there, Jimbo. Um, 
on a yeah go on Andy. oh well i was gonna say on that that same point you we hear balin talking about the folk tales of peridia and from his perspective the folk tales are of him in the jedi temple hearing from probably hu yang by the way hu yang probably mm. gave like told him stories of peridia and everything that's happening far far away um mm. so from that from that side you know i think the the jedi did kind of first start out in our galaxy and they're probably talking about the 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 peridia far far away keep going jake mm. yeah on a different note um I don't know if this was the first time that we've seen this. You guys can confirm or deny, but I thought it was worth noting. When we're traveling at light speed in the beginning of this episode, we see a variety of a color spectrum while going at, uh, I guess, a, a faster speed. I'm going to use ludicrous speed because that's what's in space ball. That is Luda, the technical have we term. Seen but yeah you uh we see this spe- color spectrum is that something we've seen before i want to say no that that's one of my initial notes i thought that that was spectacular where you know it, we only see it the two times when you see the whales going through the through space uh through hyperspace and can you even call it hyperspace what did you call it ludicrous 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 speed and yeah, then that's uh, a space balls reference i mean I think it's I think it's the how crazy fast they're going and then uh then when the Sci- eye of scion gets there lightning strikes yeah. do you see that when, when it that was so very cool. it's like that same thing yeah that was very cool and then we see the graveyard sort of uh you know encircling in oh the yeah the, yeah the purple graveyard is so cool yeah yeah uh, to to your point about the colors, Jake, I think the only other time we've seen the whales actually traveling, not just leaving or arriving or whatever, but traveling, was in The Mandalorian. Now, mm, right. Grogu was already going light speed, but that was their typical light speed. It was kind of that bluish, right. whitish haze. So maybe right. it really is only that the, the whales do this sort of rainbow color thing. The whales take Rainbow Road. I mean, they're not afraid of a challenge. Yet another Mario connection. (laughs) Except it's like the, it's the N64 where they like can skip to the rainbow road by jumping off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a mushroom, you can speed boost, of course. (laughs) This, it would be a missed opportunity if we don't get a Star Wars cart game with a space. (laughs) Oh my God. That would be awesome. Sign me up. But yeah, that was that was one thing I noticed at the start of the episode. Yeah, it was it was a very cool scene with those little space whales, and hopefully they survive because we had the Night Sisters uh, telling Thrawn that as soon as Ahsoka shows up with her whales, that uh, he should just kill them all instantly. So I certainly hope that doesn't happen. That'd be sad, right? Well, That'd be very sad. They do go there to to pass away, but. I can that kind of just expedites the process, but assisted. You know. It's a sad. That's a, that's a, such a depressing. Assisted purgle side. Yeah. <laughs> Is that oh, going to be the yeah, first okay. like ten minutes of the episode? <laughs> Is going to be just obliteration of this pack of purgle? Oh um, no! You know, coming coming into pretty. I hope not. Avatar two all over again. Oh um, no! Oh, protect <laughs> the whales. <laughs> we do need yeah. to discuss. <laughs> Of course, the end of this turtles. episode. Who cares about Purgles anymore? We're moving on to my new favorite Star hey, Wars turtles? creature. Turtles. <laughs> he said turtles. Oh, the turtles. Turtles. No, they're not turtles, Andy. <laughs> they're obviously space Harfoots. Ewoks. Oh, yeah. I, I thought they were space Harfoots too. Oh, yeah. I was getting big Hobbit vibes from Nobody these guys. goes off yeah. planet. Nobody flies alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
What Love a it. fun so we got Gandalf. New... We got the Harfoots. Yeah. This is just Lord of the Rings in a galaxy far, 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 far away. Uh, what do you guys think of our little yeah. turtle buddies? The Noti, I believe they're called. I thought they were a fun little hermit creation that, you know, fit perfectly into the Star Wars world. I like that they're a little nomadic people. And uh, there's always, you know, a sense of light. And even in the darkest, uh, scariest most graveyard of planets and you know that's the beauty of star wars and it rhymes similar to what drake said i'm just excited that i now know what i'm cosplaying out of the next star wars convention. <laughs> get yourself a three-piece suit and a shell that's an easy one it's not that easy chris they're cute, they are little cute dapper. on the on the inside of the shell they are outfit. dapper little fellas so you got to get you some nice incredible. clothes i love the noti i thought meeting the first one and then Everyone saw the first rock was not just a rock. That was obvious. What I didn't expect was that there were 10 others just hanging around. I thought that was a really cool introduction to these nomadic people. It just made a lot of sense. Um, I will say the Noti are very similar to yet another Mario reference. If anyone's played Super Mario Sunshine and been to <laughs> No Key Bay, also populated with a race of shell-based turtle people <laughs> who are also very small. So <laughs> to jump on. Uh, this is a uh, this is a big jump. jump. A big jump. I just want to put it on wax. If someone out there based the Noti people on the Noki from Super Mario Sunshine, I just wanted it to be out there kind of in the mix. That you know, Chris just, noticed it. Just yeah, circulate. Yeah, it just, you know, whoever picks this up when this TikTok hits, you know, 55 million views, just know <laughs> that I'm thinking of you. <laughs> Everybody share the Hoopla podcast with everyone you've ever met. Um, and then, of course, the Noti introduce us to their friend who's been hanging out with them for about nine years. Old Ezra. He's there. Woo! He's hanging out. Ezra Bridger. We get the reunion wow. of Ezra and Sabine, and as nice as that moment was, I do have to, I'm going to steal Jake's thing, I'm going to throw a gripe in. Oh, oh. are you going to steal my golden gripe? Because this was where I was going to land. I think it's down. everyone's golden gripe. I don't, okay, yeah. maybe yeah. if everyone agrees with me, I, I don't want to go too hard, but I was not feeling the chemistry between these two characters. Oh. Oh, that's that not was That I was wasn't my golden gripe oh. at all. I just, yeah. I, I th I loved it. I was yeah. fucking giddy, and I don't cuss on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hoopla! I was Hoopla. fucking giddy. <laughs> what a time Jamie, to I, use your one cuss. <laughs> I agree with you. Still PG thirteen. As a Rebels watcher, I agree with you. They had a lot more chemistry and animation. I, we've only seen a glimpse. And then you also have right. to take into the fact that they're not supposed to have chemistry because they're nine years different people. So, uh, yeah. yes, they're happy to see each other and it's all love at the end of the day. But uh, maybe you're picking up on an actual intentional choice from the actors there or maybe the directorial uh, the maybe the director, bleh, maybe the director's note was to say, "Hey, you know, this is supposed to be a little awkward. You're happy to see each other, but how are you seeing each other nine years later in a faraway galaxy?" So, uh, the chemistry was not great. Hopefully, it gets better, but maybe that was on purpose. What are your thoughts in my retort? Well, if that was on purpose, don't do that, idiot. <laughs> no, I mean, I can I can understand it being awkward after nine years, but I feel like. Ezra being exiled for nine years, his immediate reaction to talk? seeing his friend 
would be, it, I feel like it would just bring him back to where he was nine years ago because he hasn't had any True. of those interactions. Mm-hmm. He's been hanging out with Nodi for nine years and then he finally sees <laughs> Sabine. I, I was just expecting it Nody to be- Nodi the homie. <laughs> I was expecting it to be more it's of a boy. Uh, friendly reunion, but it was- He clearly still understands the, the sarcasm of the previous galaxy because he doesn't run up to his friend and yell, Sabine! He just kind of leans against a wall and says, took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a whole a, a different different perspective. I think that banter that they had was perfect and exactly perfect. and exactly in line and sp- specifically Ezra right in line with what we know his character as. Like the way that uh, Iman Asfani uh, provided, like just delivered the lines, his look, the sound mm-hmm. of his voice. Like everything about that was Ezra nine years later to me, 10 years I, later, just I as an adult. I, I was shocked. I honestly, when we, earlier in the season, episode one or two, when we see the the image of of Ezra and it's this like awkward that that outfit that he wore in animation, they didn't they got rid of that. Yeah, I'm so happy about that. They they got rid of it and he was just naturally that's what he how he talks, how he acts, him him leaning up against the the wall and just kind of like playfully talking to to Sabine after not seeing her for so long. I thought it worked really well. Now the one thing, my golden gripe of the episode isn't even on how Natasha Berdizo played Sabine there. It was the fact that Sabine as a character is an idiot. And that was a like that was why would you not tell him immediately that Thrawn is is, you know, how I got there, uh, Ahsoka's dead, and your enemies are trying to flee back to the galaxy that you saved from uh, <laughs> him. Like, just a te- just terrible. Because like, they gotta Sabine, pack up the like, village. makes terrible... She makes horrible decisions continually in this season, and that's probably my biggest gripe of Ahsoka overall. Mm. Um, J- Jake, I, what was your golden I, gripe? Was it similar to Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can allow that because they make, can have that conversation off camera. What I cannot forgive that what? was hold on, on camera, hold on, pause. That, hold no, on. they can't. They cannot they have that conversation, conversation on, camera. on camera. Very much needs to That's happen. That's the on most camera. important <laughs> conversation to have. <laughs> it's okay. the most important conversation, conversation he's had in nine years. You got to tell him immediately. In fact, if the opening shot of next episode is not them having that on-camera conversation, I'm going. I will be leaving the pod. <laughs> Yo, totally leave the pod. I did it this episode. Worked out great for me. Um, But if I had to say my one golden gripe about this episode, it is going to be the fact that when we get Sabine riding her warg, I'm going to call it a warg. Sure. uh, The little wolfhound. Good boy. Yeah, good boy. Um, And, you know, licks the turtle and, you know, all of the little turtle roly polies emerge and they like shuffle on over to their village. This distance was within less than a day's travel away from the Night Sisters. I mean... We're talking a no greater ride than Times Square to Harlem. This really <laughs> couldn't have been found in nine years. We have a Star Destroyer. Like, how, how do we not find how this long little, like, settlement to go from Town Square to Harlem? From Times Square to Harlem. If, you, if I was riding a if dog, If you were on a Howler, probably... it would take, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe 20 tops. <laughs> she was traveling for, like, 12 okay. hours. Maybe. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's... 
Also, they do. It was not. He very did say far. that they move, right? Like they are packing up again, and then they're moving. I can't believe your goalie yeah, was like, that, and mine was about the fact that her terrible decision making. I can't <laughs> believe I'm, that I'm just both saying. of your golden gripes are terrible. Chris, do you have a bad golden gripe also? Because apparently mine was wrong as well. My golden gripe is that the Noti are way too close to the Super Mario Sunshine characters, the Noki from Noki Bay, and I want someone to hear about it. Chris, no, that I'm was kidding. intentional. That was a direct torboreal, a direct, a direct annotational, a direct anatomical. Okay. Di- that was intentional. You're just getting on me because I try to use big words and yes, can't use I sometimes. Am. Okay. Here's, I here's my thing, though. We have a singular settlement of people in this world okay we have the villains or whatever that it's that attacked uh sabine or whatever that surprised her but this is a singular settlement that is not far at all we uh, we wouldn't have found these creatures okay it's one thing if they hide under the rocks but there's still a settlement that they uh, move okay we the that could that may be a good point they tried to like skirt around that by saying you can't go across this wasteland because you're going to die. She then just immediately goes through, kills a few guys, and then <laughs> moves on and then finds them. Exactly. So they could have made it a little bit more of a struggle. You know, classic Lord yes. of the Rings, you're walking for a long distance for 10-second screenshot, you know, pulled back. Mm-hmm, but yeah. Eh, yeah. Why I was mean, there not... Show, like, show a transition of, like, night going exactly. by or, like... Yeah. Well, that, make, that makes me think... If, since there was no night cycle rotation, we don't know how physics works in this galaxy, but that's a story device. You show us nighttime, we assume time is passing. This makes me think that they're going to try and get back on this ship before the three-day timer is up. Ooh, yes. uh, one question I've been searching for in the background while we do this episode, does Sabine know about that three-day timer? Yeah. Or was that discussed when she was in prison? Thrawn told her, if you're not back on the ship, will leave you. oh that's right okay okay mm. yeah she he says yeah you're gonna be stranded here they do have esper bridger's latest whereabouts intel so jake you're onto something there how could they have not captured him by now <laughs> do they care <laughs> thank you what we know about ezra though is he is very elusive you know this is true like he is a sure, Jedi. Sure. And but actually like, but like this is this is the the uh, unknown man walking with the Harfoots. Like it, it's it's a neat <laughs> like this is a very blatant the obvious dude man. that should not be the stranger. Yeah, the stranger. Jake. Did you not listen to every episode of Hobbit Hoopla? <laughs> Pretty sure we confirmed Hoopla. that was Gandalf, but I don't really know. <laughs> did we yeah. did we? But we can't confirm. Spoilers. But Anyhow, what I can confirm is I need to respond to andy's gripe about Mm -hmm. sabine making bad choices that's what this whole show is about man sabine's making bad choices and that's not a bad thing to happen in a show shows are more interesting when characters make choices that they uh either make a mistake and make the wrong choice or they intentionally make the wrong choice and live to regret it and then they change their mind along the way and we see the repercussions of their mistakes. That's what makes stories interesting. So we've seen this whole event is happening where they come to this new galaxy because Sabine made a terrible choice. And now she's she's trying to work up the courage to admit to Ezra that she made this terrible choice. Like, can you imagine making the worst decision 
ever to ruin the fate of your whole galaxy <laughs> and then have to admit that to your friend that hey um I... off camera <laughs> yeah it better camera. be off camera <laughs> <laughs> i ruined everything because i missed you and now everything you worked for like you exiled yourself to save the galaxy and yeah. i um yeah these nine years yeah i just undid that all so you exiled yeah. yourself for nothing I don't blame her for not immediately telling Ezra. And that's no, and that's fair. I think and and you're right. It's consistent within this season, but it's not consistent within the characters that we knew from the animated series. Like that's I think that's probably my gripe of of Sabine just generally throughout this season. And I'm not going to like delve too far into that, but she that's not really how her character was written during those three to four rebel seasons. Um, and, but that's, that's who they're portraying here. So that, that's fine. But there, there seems to be a dichotomy between, you know, what the, the character we knew for Mebels and this character in this season of Ahsoka. She's Chris, changed what, after what nine think? years. I I've got it. I can predict within an Ooh. 85% accuracy confidence level, the next two episodes of Ahsoka, the next episode. Spoiler alert. Again, spoiler we, alert. This is spoiler alert because this is within 85% confidence level. The next episode does indeed open with that conversation that Jake mentioned was going to happen off camera, which is not going to happen. It will happen on camera. Oh my god! That actually, what I I know how the series is going to end. You can finish in a moment, Chris. But actually, Thrawn is going to get back to the main galaxy off camera. <laughs> no, no, no! It's all going to happen on camera, and I'm excited to see it. And you don't even have to watch because I'm going to tell you what happens right now. We're going to see. Ezra learned the truth from Sabine about what she did, but all this time, something has been calling to Balin Skull. I think something was calling to Ezra Bridger nine years ago. Now, Ooh. he was with the, the Purgle, which makes sense. It's the only way he could get there. But how did he know to, to do it? How did he know to, to commune that. with yeah. the Purgle? How did he know what was going to happen and that he was even going to live through that scenario? So I think we have a, in the next episode, we have a convergence of Ezra Bridger and Sabine versus Balin Skull and Shin Hati. Maybe one of Thrawn's guys shows up, throws that into the mix, doesn't matter. But at the end, the winners of that particular battle are going to find their way back onto the ship as Ahsoka comes in with Hu Yang. Then we go to the finale where there's kind of a big battle, yada, 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 some semantics, some things to wrap up, some, some loose ends. Some off-screen bullshit. The off-screen stuff that we don't really care about, mostly <laughs> all the lightsaber battles. Uh, what I cannot predict, where my 15% lack of confidence is the very end. And with two episodes left, mm. I don't know how this particular mini-series is going to end. Chris, I love that theory. You're absolutely wrong. They're not going to fight Balin Skull and Hottie. They're going to team up because I love what you just oh. said about Ezra having the thing, something called to Ezra the same way it's calling to Balin. Ezra has spent the last nine years now investigating this mysterious power that Balin is searching for. And Ezra can maybe teach Balin a little bit about it. They can have their debates about what the best way to use this power is for the fate of the universe. And then mm. they team up against Thrawn. That's your spoiler alert because that's what's going to happen. And that's the name of the next limited series, Ezra and Balin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've, I've got it. Balin 
doesn't know what he's searching for because Ezra has already seen it. It's the power to transfer between the world between worlds. Here's oh, what's happening. Ooh, That's like good. That. Ba- Balin and Shin get stranded. They the the boat leaves. The ship sails. They go. Uh, Thrawn and army and co go back to the other galaxy. So it's just it's it's Ezra. It's Sabine. It's Balin and Shin on this planet. They all fight. They all yell at each other. But eventually they come together. Like you said, Jamie. They team up. Ezra finds the missing piece to discover the world between worlds Balin was searching for all along. Then they team up, come back through the world between worlds, come back to the original galaxy, and then fight. Oh my god, it's... I, you, what a great show. I'm pretty you sure just, that's my theory from just like two it. episodes ago. That's true. I, I, I think your theory is even better <laughs> I just want... I, I just want to I'm pretty sure, sure that that's that my theory from three episodes ago, but in the opposite direction. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that girl uh, that is true, Jamie. The the, um, the daughter of the Gondor captain built Barador, right? All right, wasn't that it, Jamie? We're, we're, we're bleeding over. Let's refocus. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Circle. I'm sorry. I just want to make that funny. That joke. Um, that theory like is still that. correct. Go back and listen to Hobbit Hoopla because. Um, Hoopla. Shoot, what was her name? I don't remember. I don't remember her name. That didn't work. Cut that. No, we're keeping it in. Who? Go listen to Hobbit Hoopla. Yeah, Chris, great theory. I absolutely love it. Do we have any other uh, crazy theories for the penultimate and ultimate episodes of Ahsoka? I have not an outlandish theory, but just more, I I do think this is what's going to happen in this next episode where we know Thrawn as the tactician, as this military genius. He learns his enemy uh, through studying their history, their culture, their art, and he almost projects is three steps ahead of what his enemies are going to do. He tells Morgan Elsbeth, tell me everything about uh about ahsoka and who i I have it here it's her background history her home world her master everything and then he um, her master is a just a small moment in that line but then he asked the 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 night sisters for their dark magic and i think this next episode we're gonna see a return of hayden christensen force projected through dark magic as another trial for ahsoka because how how do you defeat ahsoka you you have to like it has to be something you get in her head it's something mystical it's her fears it's darth vader he knows who darth vader is he uh he knows that darth vader was anakin skywalker he knows everything about the skywalkers i think it's going to be perfect uh there's going to be some sort of climactic moment where we see a dark-sided force ghost of Anakin Skywalker next episode. Big theory. They foreshadowed that very nicely in this episode if that were to happen with the little conversation from the 30 seconds we saw Ahsoka of Hu Yang telling her not to listen to her fear. And so now if Thrawn dives in to that aspect of fear with Ahsoka, that'd be beautiful little foreshadowing and a very interesting little conflict. I love that theory. Good job. And and maybe it's because, you know, she just saw Anakin in the in the world between worlds. You know, she overcame that. She kind of moved on. She's Ahsoka the White now, right? Maybe that's how she beats this trial of this this dark magic that she hasn't seen before that represents her master. Uh here's something that that's been on my mind is the fact that we have two 
uh, darker Jedi or Sith. I'm going to just, sure. for reference purposes, it's going to be easier to say that. Um, and then we have three Jedi. I mean, I, I'm needing a 3v3 battle. Let's bring Vader back. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. Oh, I Balance see what you're out. getting at. A little Mario Kart double dash. I mean, Kart, we no longer dash. have Bionic Kanan, so, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to have someone else out there. <laughs> I yeah, I like that theory a lot. Um, oh yeah, wait a second. What happened to Merrick? Is Merrick just fully gone? Merrick, like <laughs> Merrick blew up into a gas smoke. I thought yeah. we were gonna see him like come out of a hibernation chamber or something. Oh, that was I another. Guess that's too secret invasion. Another thing that uh, we should talk about. This is not an original idea that I had, but something I saw on the YouTubes. Of course, shout out to uh, I think New Rockstars. Probably they make good stuff. Go watch New New Rockstars sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Mm. Friends at New yeah, Rockstars. Perfect. The cargo that was being loaded onto the starship looked like um, caskets. Looked like potentially mm. a bunch of dead uh. bodies, either the dead stormtroopers that have died over the last nine years, or dead people from the uh, Dathomir. From Dathomir. Is there going to be more resurrection? Oh yeah, a I la really Merrick. So. To bring back an army of the dead. Whoa. I, I, I think that's a huge, I think that's yeah. a great idea when Morgan Elsbeth says she, uh, uh, she went into the catacombs. I mean, the catacombs of Dathomir are, we've seen in Jedi uh, Fallen Order. There is many, many dead Night Sisters. If they resurrected some Night Sisters or maybe some of the, the the brothers as well which are more you know fighting bodies like zombies mm-hmm. like that could be what what if that is thrawn's army as they go into the galaxy far far away from where we are right now what if that already <laughs> is his army oh. Ooh. jamie i i think you're exactly right man i can't believe i didn't think about that jake i know you're a lover of the star wars jedi games uh, in the mm-hmm. first one, and, and Andy, I know you played those as well. You do fight a bunch of resurrected Night Sister kind of peons, mm-hmm. I guess, the brothers, uh, and then some sisters as well. I, I totally agree. I that's a great thought, Jamie. I can't believe that you know, as a as a non Clone Wars, non Rebels guy, that, that you came up with that astounding theory there. I totally agree with you. That is yeah, all by myself. I didn't even watch a video by new rock stars to think. Oh, that's theory. true. Yeah, yeah you, did, <laughs> you did get a little help from yeah. our friends at new rock stars. <laughs> yeah, he looked at that off camera. God, I forgot you. You, sh- you should never theory. preface that. You should but never Jake, preface that. I would have believed you. Jake, were you alluding to the the stormtroopers, the night troopers? Do you think any of them are actually resurrected like I think all of them by, are resurrected. Do you think that they are similar to Merrick in terms of they've been brought to life? Oh, that's a fucking kept, cool theory. Kept, yeah. Wow. Kept yeah. alive by and oh, shit. transactionally this dark magic. He, yes. He, he said uh I require your dark magic once again. What was the first time? Was it his entire army? That's oh, great. Catch. Shit. That's wow, a fucking great theory. Oh, yeah. We certainly are. Hoopla. Hoopla. Hoopity Who cares if new rock stars beat us to it? Yeah. Shut up, Eric Voss. No one cares. <laughs> Friend, friends over at New Rockstars, Eric Voss. Great job. Great job. Great job. Damn, that is a, I love that theory. That'd be so cool because they do have like that weird aesthetic to them that we were discussing earlier, mm. the like decay and rebuild, rebuilt um, kind of. 
And that would mean they're zealots because they're actually undead. Yeah. That Holy are shit. Thrawn's. This is the coolest theory we've ever had on Hoopla. Thrawn is the Night King. He is. Oh, He's just going to raise his oh arms. Oh, my God. And the Love dead that. are going to rise. And Balin wants to break the wheel, break the yes. cycle. <laughs> and then Arya Stark is going to kill this Thrawn. <laughs> Oh my god, it is. Dun, 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 it dun, is Game dun, of Thrones. Dun, dun, Holy wow. shit. Wow, look at us. Ahsoka's gonna kill all the women and children of a city. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Not geez. the Noti. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna oh. use... She's flying in on space whales like Daenerys flew on in a dragon. Oh my god, the parallels it, There's so many parallels. Going. Fantasy and fantasy <gasps> is all the same. Hu Yang is a funny, witty Where side character. Where my purgle? <laughs> <laughs> It, Holy the, 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 shit! The similarities just don't stop. Um, mm. Wow! Can't stop. Also. It rhymes. It, <laughs> rhymes. it always rhymes. It, uh, it rhymes. Star Wars rhymes. Thanks, George. Holy shit! Well, that's the best theory that I think we've ever had on the Hoopla podcast. So I think with that, we should call it there, and we will pick up next week for the penultimate episode of Ahsoka to see how many of these theories will come true. But as we end every episode of the Hoopla Podcast, it is time for a little round robin of ratings of the episodes. Of course, for Holocron Hoopla, we do it on a scale of 1 to order 66. And Jakey, I want to start with you this week. What do you think of this episode? Yeah, I liked being introduced to a new environment, uh, a new landscape. Uh, this is, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen anything quite like this as a planet before, so that was uh, at least not in the cinematic realm. Um, so that was nice to be able to see that. I liked finally getting to see Thrawn. The Night Sisters were awesome. Um, we got Ezra. Honestly, I, if yeah. we just got the one shot of just seeing Ezra have a conversation with Sabine on or off camera, I would have loved it. Jake, I would I mean, argue that we've had Ezra all season. He's just been off camera. So I don't know what you're getting excited about. <laughs> That's true. I need, And for that, uh, I, I should actually lower my rating a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to give this episode a 56 out of 66. Um, I was very entertained, but I do think, um, you know, this is just a setup episode for the next penultimate and the ultimate episode, as Chris would say. So a um, lot of good things to come from this, but I had my golden gripe. You guys had your golden gripes. <laughs> I think the 56 speaks for itself. I'll take the bronze gripe for this episode. And uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Jake kind of said it all there. I'll, I'll just echo that and, and add in that we didn't talk about uh, Sabine's pretty great lightsaber battle against the bandits. Oh, that was great. Um, True. Another Abandoning maybe kind of foreshadow. Guns. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, well, to be fair, I think the guns kind of let her down at a certain point. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, laser swords always win. Uh, never bring a uh, gun to, never bring a blaster to a saber fight against a Jedi. I, I don't know, mm -hmm. a, a bit more foreshadowing there, but, you know, we'll have to see where that story goes. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, <laughs> I like that. That's great. Very good, Jake. <laughs> um, but what you. Jake said is absolutely right. This is a setup episode. I, I think they nailed Thrawn. I think they they got his introduction absolutely right. Whether you're a longtime Rebels fan or you're a fresh Ahsoka watcher, you understand the gravity of what it means to have Thrawn back in the mix. So they absolutely crushed it. Uh, this is going to be just a 58 out of 66 for me. It's, it's very good episode, but, uh, I've, uh, I, I'm again, I'm on record as giving the first ever perfect hoopla episode rating. 
uh, a couple episodes back. So this is a step back, but not a step back in quality, just a step back in excitement for me. I love it. I love it. Uh, Andy, what'd you think? I mean, this episode, episode six, was to Star Wars Rebels fans what episode five was to Star Wars Clone Wars fans. And Dave oh, Filoni is just putting this out here. Like, this is incredible. I, I just like the the these full six episodes. The first few, it, it took some time to get to get going. But I, I really do think that this is right up with Andor in terms of my enjoyment level of Star Wars right now. Yeah, um, I would agree. Supremely yeah. better than the past few seasons of Mandalorian and obviously Book of Boba Fett. And actually, one quick thing I want to say before my rating, even though this was, you know, a, a, a storyline, a plot that was away from Ahsoka, they bookended it really well with that opening scene and then the ending of Thrawn talking about how he needs to defeat her. Yes. So that that just worked. It wasn't the Book of Boba Fett, which was just another storyline out in the, the, you know, some other galaxy somewhere or, you know. I, so I thought that was really nice and it pushed the plot line forward. I'm going to give this a 61 out of 66, which is actually Ooh, my wow. second fa- my second favorite episode of this season after episode five. I just seeing a new galaxy, an ancient galaxy that immediately felt that way. Like this is what we've kind of been waiting for. A lot of, you know, expanded material, like expa- uh, expanded universe. They've talked about all these ancient civilizations, and you can really see it when you pull into Peridia and you see those skinny, long statues, uh, and then just this epic uh, castle that then has these beautiful shots of the Chimera Star, Star Destroyer coming over top. There's beautiful visuals, an amazing villain that they nailed, and then also the creatures that you love, you know, mm-hmm. the turtles, the 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 mount, and then seeing Ezra, the dichotomy of Ezra and Thrawn. Thrawn's trying to evade and get away from this place. He's with these dark dark, dark magic users, and then you have Ezra who embodies the light side of the force, finds the small creatures, you know, and the Harfoots. It's just such a, it's so likable. Um, I love this episode. Sabine kind of made me mad with that last 30 seconds, but I'll get over it next episode. If it's off camera, I'm going to be so mad. What's up, Jake? Uh, did you appreciate did you appreciate how a wolf was used to help find Ezra? Uh, of course. Dave Filoni loves wolves. Lothwolves. <laughs> this little reptile mouth wolf guy. I <laughs> love it. And he's a good boy. He reminds me of my family dog. Like, what else could you need? <laughs> Give me some merchandise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get more you merchandise. Some howler merch. Sure. Merchandise, merchant, howler merch. Merchandise. Tur- turtle merch. Merchandise. Ewoks. The little Ewoks. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything always rhymes, just like my rating for this episode is going to rhyme with Jake's rating. 56 out of 66 hooplas. Hoopla! It was, it was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. There was nothing crazy about it, but there was nothing bad about it. You know, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I love seeing the little space harfoots, and the introduction to Thrawn is very cool. I want to get more Thrawn so that he can become more of an interesting mm-hmm. character. I'm sure with all the backstory that you guys have, he's already an interesting character. What we've seen so far from him is just, I'm a bad guy because I'm a bad guy. And And I'm going to go do bad things. (laughs) So it'll be interesting. What do you think about his voice? Uh, it was uh, Lars Mikkelsen's voice. Cool, I guess. Lo- yeah. Love that voice. That was perfect. Mm. God, it sounded so exactly like the cartoon. Holy shit! <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I thought it was good. It was good. I'm very excited for the for the penultimate and ultimate episodes because we're going to get Ahsoka back into the main part of the story. We're going to get the on-camera interaction of Sabine and Ezra, which will be beautiful. And then it's all coming together, baby. Chris, <laughs> what do you have to say? I've got a final thought, and, and it I, I was perked up by the thought of Andy mentioning Andor. And something I want to say, I haven't seen a lot of people online or in reviews saying, why are we seeing this story? Who cares about Ahsoka? Who cares about this animated kids show? And I think that's a testament to a number of things that we've talked about, not only in this episode of the podcast, but all of the episodes. But more importantly, I I think it's important to recognize when we watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's so great to have Ewan McGregor back and, and see him fight Darth Vader. How cool was that? But why were we telling that story? Was that an important story for us to, to know? When you take a look at Andor, a story that we really didn't have any information on other than Rogue One, which is probably Disney's best effort as a Star Wars film goes, and I think we kind of all agree on that, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of here and there, but Andor, an excellent show, that story also did not need to be told, but we loved hearing it and seeing it and watching it unfold. This Ahsoka show is just on another level, even to Andor, like Andy was saying, because it almost feels like, why haven't we heard this story yet? And if you're a Clone Wars fan, if you're a Rebels fan, yes, you've heard a lot of it. You've seen a lot of it, which is great. But I can't believe it's we've waited this long. I mentioned last week how Dave Filoni, I can't believe how he got his hands in the pockets that deep of Disney to do the whole Ahsoka Vision quest, to do the whole episode five, Shadow Warrior. How did this show take this long if it can actually be this good with this meaningful storytelling, with these excellent characters? I just think... What a what a tribute to Star Wars. What a celebration it is. And just to cap it all off, the last two episodes, I, I absolutely cannot wait. It's must-see television at this point. Mm-hmm. Boom. Must-see television. Doesn't get better than it's that. beautiful. Which means you have to tune in next week. And then, of course, listen to the Hoopla Podcast because we're going to tell you all the wonderful things about the show. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Please join us next week. Tell all your friends to go watch Ahsoka because, as you just heard, it's much watch TV. And without any further ado, as we end every single episode of the Hoopla Podcast, it is time for the moment of highest hoopla, the quote of the episode. What do you got for us, Andy? As Balin Skull said, perhaps they flee a power greater than their own. Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something. Oh, shit. I missed. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him I saying that part. Something. Yeah, it was a lot <laughs> less menacing. Line, right? This is this is why you don't use uh, voice to text. You know, because uh, Andy had AI write the quote for him. We all know how that goes. As Balin Skull said, perhaps they flee a power greater than their own. Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? God, it's going to be big. Wow. Great line. Gonna... And on the first take, too. It stares. Can't you see it? <laughs> wow. wow. This guy knows how to read. <laughs>